is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! All right, welcome to Blue by 90. I am Justin with Jack and Kaylin as always, and we have another special guest on today. It is my man Mitch Ross. Uh, no affiliation with anything, just a degenerate gambler who owns two horses. <laughs> Mitch, how are you doing today? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. That's the best, uh, best introduction we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> Very excited for this episode. Yeah, hopefully I can bring a little gambling knowledge to you guys by Friday, so hopefully. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Came out today that, that sports betting is now going live online, because it was live for the past little bit. I mean, casinos only were open like a couple weeks ago, but now it's official that it's going to be online Friday at noon. Perfect time to roll out the weekend to, to play some bets um and uh mitch is a degenerate gambler 100 percent uh how many how many accounts did you say that you have open already in in preparation for friday uh i have seven but it's also like (laughs) it's it's beneficial to have seven accounts because you get all the bonuses so it's like take advantage of everything all the low-hanging fruit yeah, I mean, you definitely won't use all of them, right? Absolutely not. You. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the lines. Like, if someone's going to give you minus 105 for a bet and other one's going to give you minus 115, which one would you, would you rather have? Got to line shop a little bit. Line shopping is, is I mean, that is the next level part of, of gambling, which I don't really do. I've always just been on – uh, like Bavada or five dimes. I've only been a one book kind of guy, but now that it's legal, you never know. Never know. Yeah. I got to win first before I start shopping for lines. Exactly. I'm, I'm putting all my bonus money on Michigan over Purdue on Friday. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they cover whatever I'm placing. Do we know, is that, has a line come out for Friday yet or no? I'd probably say Michigan's a nine point favorite. Yeah, I could be wrong, but Purdue if, if I came wrong. out and beat Ohio State, they're playing pretty well. They're so well. I don't know. I might we'll take see. Purdue to cover there. Yeah. If it's eh, yeah, probably seven, eight, or nine, something around there. But I, I'd stay away from betting your own favorite team. Yeah, that that's one <laughs> thing well, that, that we've tried to learn is like you got to hedge yourself here a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That way, either way, you're happy at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did love how, I mean, talking, going into some Michigan basketball here into detail, I love how it was complete panic mode for the entire fan base on Saturday against Minnesota. And then we turned it around. I know Maryland's not a great basketball team, but it was just like, it, it looked like they were playing a fucking JV high school team. It was unbelievable. Back to the 25 point wins and like nothing ever happened to them. Well, they played. I mean, Michigan just took what they gave them. They weren't playing defense on the perimeter, and Michigan just kept throwing up threes, and they kept making them. I mean, it was they were getting the ball to the guys that they needed to get them to. And I, I know I referenced this earlier in the season. They look like the Greg Popovich Spurs getting the ball Ooh. passed around. Not getting laughed at as much right now, am I, Ro? But uh, I thought they looked pretty good, man. They looked pretty good. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was also, I felt like it was evident that Eli Brooks was a big part of the team, too. Mm-hmm. Having him back, it just looked a lot smoother. Yeah, when you're going to when you're gonna double-team Dickinson, and he was a little more patient this week like, compared against Minnesota, if he kicks it out, you're going to have wide-open threes, and if you make them, it's gonna be, you're going to run up the score pretty quick. Yeah, dude. It's like, I mean, I do you guys think it was all Eli Brooks? Like, is that the whole reason why they lose to Minnesota, or was it – not having Eli Brooks and you were just like came out cold. You're on the road. They play well. They played, they play well at home. They played extra well at home. I thought, is it all those, or I I can't figure out how much Eli truly is that impact or if it was like all those other variables too. I mean, I think Eli definitely impacts the game. He's a great defender. He usually makes one of the better reads, you know, majority of the time when he's got the ball in his hands, but what I noticed, and I remember tweeting it out during the game, I love Isaiah Livers, but if either he felt pressured to make plays or that's what it seemed like to me. He wasn't taking great shots, wasn't giving the ball up, getting the ball to the open guy. And, I mean, Minnesota just played really well, and it was just, I mean, ended up, what, 20-point loss? Um, but they just they looked like a completely different team yesterday. So, I, I mean, it's a combination of things for sure. Yeah, one thing I I noticed kind of on a different note, I guess, at Minnesota was it just felt like to me like the bench was like much farther from the court. And I feel like Michigan really like does a good job of feeding off that energy from the bench. And bench so like, mob. yeah, like at Minnesota, that just that wasn't there. And so they couldn't get like hyped up and then they got down and then it just it was like, a you know, it was like a circle. Yeah, I think with Eli coming back, it's like I think Michigan's like a big puzzle, and like every person on the team has a piece, or they they mean something to the team. And yep. once you put someone in a different position or a different like role, they're gonna struggle a little bit, and that they showed that against Minnesota. But once Eli was back yesterday, like they came out guns blazing. Yeah, I I think that he definitely is. Obvi- he's obviously a, a very important piece to it, and I think uh you know they they rotated. I think Juwan, we talked about this a little bit, but I think Juwan struggled um, with finding his rotation with Eli out, right? He was, he's gotten so comfortable with the rotation of keeping those guys in, that starting five in for the first, I don't know, seven, eight minutes, and then Shondi and Brandon Johns and some of these other guys come off the bench, and it's like, all right, instant spark, but as soon as Shondi was not that six-man guy, he wasn't that six man anymore. He was like, well, shit, now who do I go to? And it was Zeb Jackson as that, you know, seventh, sixth, seventh guy. And I was like, that's not really who we want in that situation yet. And I, he got in pretty early yesterday too. And I was just like, that was kind of shocking. Yeah. I'm, I'm not bought in on Zeb Jackson yet, man. I mean, obviously he's a freshman. He's got a lot to, you know, got to, a lot, a lot to learn and grow from, but man, Brandon Johns, if he can play like that and Michigan can rely on him to, you know, play near how how well he played last game, they're going to be Even if he does very... that every couple games, right? Like, he doesn't yeah. have to do that every day. No, but, I mean, he's he's an outside threat. I mean, if he's open, more often than not, he's probably going to be open at three-point line. And he can he can knock him down a little bit. And, he I mean, he played well defensively. He got around in the paint. He was passing the ball out looking like Hunter Dickinson. Uh, man, he, he looked good, man. I was really – Really excited to see Brandon Johns play well because we haven't seen that in probably a year. Yeah, it looked like he like loosened up and he like just felt 100%. more comfortable. 100%. So I love to see that. 
Yeah, go, going back to the game on uh, Saturday against Minnesota, I think with, like, Zeb, if you if he was going to play more than 10 minutes, you kind of knew Michigan was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, like Because, like, putting him in that spot in that big a game, I think, like, the big the big key moment I thought in the game was with, like, 10 minutes left, like, Sean D had a stop, he hit a three, and they took him out. Like, I know he needed a breather, like, you could see that on him, but, like, taking him out, that momentum, the game kind of was over after that because Minnesota just pulled away. Yeah, definitely. I think that was I. I think Zeb or whoever was going in. I think it was Zeb going in for Shondi at that moment. I want to say he was already at the scorers table before, uh, like Shondi hit those shots. And I think it. But still, you gotta maybe say, all right, Zeb. Sorry, Shondi, you're staying in, right? Like I think mm-hmm. Juwan is still. You know, we have to remember that he's only coached forty some games and as a head coach, right, at, at Michigan, and so. Um, I don't. How many games did they end up playing last year? I'm assuming towards the 30 range, but I can't. 31 remember. or 30. Yeah. I think they ended up like 18, 13, or 18, 12, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And if if Shondi needs a break, like Joanne could use a timeout, like a 30 second timeout, catch him a break. Like I know, like you're trying to get him in and get a sub, but like if he needs it and he's playing well, give him a call, a quick timeout. Well, that's the thing is I'm a little worried about Michigan at throughout the rest of the year or if they ever get down get in a pickle late in the year because he hasn't had to do that in-game coaching where the other team goes on a 9-0 run and you have to call a timeout to stop the momentum like he hasn't had to do that very often at all you know so when Michigan uh you know gets punched in the face a little bit I need, we need to, I kind of want to see that a little bit more almost. Obviously I want Michigan to win every, every game they play and play well throughout the game. But I do, I think for them to grow and for Juwan to grow as an in-game coach, they, we need to, we need to see them get punched in the face a couple times so that they, how to see how they respond, to see how Juwan responds as a coach. How does he get his team back on track and how do the players respond in terms of like getting that momentum back, fighting through it, all that stuff. Well, if we look forward towards Purdue this uh, on Friday, Kalen, wearing your goddamn Purdue shirt. He is wearing the Purdue shirt. But uh, I think we'll see that in that game, man. They're they're playing well. Michigan's playing well. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, I was going to say we probably won't see that until um, February, but February's coming up. We got Sparty you know, coming up. We got, I think, a couple other ranked games. Um, but I think Purdue on Friday will be a game we'll probably see Juwan have to coach through some adversity, a little bit of a closer game with a hot team like Purdue. And, you know, hopefully we see good adjustments and we see another W. Yeah, I, I think that it's also going to be a really good test for Hunter Dickinson because Travion seven Williams. Four. That, well, that freshman they got is seven foot four, big motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. And so they've got Travion awesome. Williams, who is honest. He's like six, eight, two seventy five or something like that. He's insane. But then they have that seven foot four freshman that comes in, and he literally is just bigger than everybody. The one I remember at the end of the MSU game, he, they put him in to rebound off that free throw, and he literally was just like, just went over the top of wh- whoever it was and grabbed it. I was like, Jesus Christ! So it, I know Hunter Dickinson hasn't gone against that many great big men, you know, and the one time he did. I would say his toughest test was against uh, Brad Robbins in Minnesota. Didn't play well. Well, he split it. 
Because at home, he played really well against Robbins. And then yeah. at Minnesota, Robbins started fucking hitting threes like John Teske junior year. And, <laughs> you know, it's hard to defend that that much. So, I mean, we've seen good. We've seen a little bit of not as good. But, yeah, definitely. Big big test against Purdue for Dickinson for sure. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I, I, I it's It'll be interesting to see how he tries to get back in a rhythm here. Because I think that he's kind of in a rut a little bit. You know, even though he looked good yesterday uh was it yesterday yeah yesterday but he wasn't like the scoring machine that he has been so um you know we'll see we'll see what happens there but hey I was just happy to see Michigan bounce back in a big way um we talked about it I think last week that like you can't let two you can't let one loss go into two and make it a skid losing skid right so that was a good way to bounce back um, not having consecutive losses is a, is a big thing. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I'm curious to see. Uh, so like I've watched like Hunter Dickinson's like uh, high school highlights and everything. Then like I thought a couple times like why couldn't they pick and pop him? Like I've seen he can make the three, but like I don't know if Jawan's so comfortable with running like sets like they did with Teske last year. That's why I was like thinking like oh maybe they can change it up and get him in, in a different groove or something. I'd love to see that. I mean, that'd be huge come tournament mm-hmm. time if he can. And and not, I doubt that they're saving it for that. But I mean, if we could see that in tournament time where he's a threat from not even not even three, but from the elbow. And we've seen him shoot yeah. some make some nice shots from the elbow. I mean, just if he can be a threat outside of the paint, that just opens up Michigan's offense even more. And I'd love to see it, especially yeah. when they're up. Take some chances and, and give him an opportunity. See what he can do. For sure. I think that would be if they're up 20. Let's let's run a play for Hunter Dickinson to hit a three. Why mm-hmm. not? It, even if it makes us, if it, even if it makes us look arrogant and like a dick, like we're pouring it on, dude, you're gonna that could be helpful later on. And yeah, you know what? Fuck it. It helps us in the net rankings too, which gives us a, uh, you know, put bunch uh pump, bumps us up to a one seed. Jesus <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> bumps us up to a one seed, uh, you know, or something like that. The net rankings takes into effect that we, you know, how much you win by. So, fuck it. Pour it on, in my opinion. Um, Mitch, I want to ask you, too, while we're on basketball, what are what are some other bets that we got going on that maybe this weekend that, that our followers can uh, put some bets in online? Throw that bonus are we, money are we, at. Are we talking basketball only? Well, college, Do everything. college basketball while we're on the subject, but we can we can go into anything, too. Uh, I think in college basketball, I haven't looked at the games as much. Uh, I think Michigan, like, I don't like betting my own team, but I think Michigan runs out Purdue. I think there's a lot of hype on Purdue this week because they've been stealing a couple games. Like they, they, they stole, like they're making big shots and everything, but I think Michigan beats them pretty bad on Friday. That's what I think. Like I, I would never tell anybody bet my own team or anything. <laughs> but you are say, telling. You just them. told me. <laughs> yeah, but looking, looking towards other bets, I think, I think the Packers roll. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the league right now, and I also have a future on the Packers, so that's why I'm kind of biased. <laughs> like I have, a, I have, a, I got it in September, so I'm a big Packers Ooh. fan right now. So you got but I like. Football? Yeah, I got him at like sixteen to one. Oh, so, that's pretty nice. Yeah. So I like the Packers. I mean, they're playing at Lambeau. Uh, I also think it's to be a high-scoring game. In that game, I think I think uh, so. I take the over. 
I never yeah, like I never tell anyone to bet the the under in NFL because it's so chaotic. Like anything can happen crazy at the end of the game. So, and then with the other game, because I don't know if Mahomes is gonna play, but I'm all I'm all in on the Bills Mafia this week too. Like, I mean, fuck yeah, yeah, smash through some tables, baby. I know. Did you did you see like Dick Sporting Goods is like selling tables? <laughs> they put them right couple. next to like all the Bills gear. I love it. Genius <laughs> marketing. Crazy. Genius marketing. Mm-hmm. So I like I like the Bills this week and I like the Packers. Uh, then I think Packers you, win the Super Bowl. You you're not on uh, anything is possible. You're not drinking that henny. No, <laughs> too strong for me. I'm not be <laughs> drinking henny for henny this weekend. He was a, he was that was crazy when like. Because he threw he threw that like crazy pick. That was a like, terrible. Because well, he threw a dime to Tyreek. What like two <laughs> passes prior, and then he throws deep. I'm like, let's go, and I'm like, who the fuck was there? <laughs> was there was awful. nobody within ten yards. It was, it was like a punt. Oh yeah, yeah, like well <laughs> yeah. So like I, uh, also like, uh, there's a big horse race this week. So if you're looking to bet the horses, oh the ponies. The ponies. If you're looking to bet the ponies, I got winners for you. But I, I'll tweet them out later this week. I got to look at the lines and look at all everything. But there's a big horse race this week. So is it, what is it? Generate Gambler Mitch on Twitter. How do I how do I get these uh, how do I get these bets? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at at MitchyRo99. So M I T C H Y R O nine nine. But yeah, I was I, I tweeted out the. So we're doing all these icebreakers in class. I just started back up school, and I told her, like, I was, I tweeted out, I said, the only things I talk about in my icebreakers is pumping iron and talking horses, and I need some new hobbies. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah. There's, like, nothing else to talk about, so I'm just like, man, like, it puts in some perspective what I've done the last 10 months of my life. Yeah. I mean, you were showing off on Instagram. You shredded bod. Your quar- I went. I gained the quarantine fifteen. You lost the quarantine fifteen. So. Oh yeah, it's uh. Ever since I got COVID, I don't like had like the taste buds, so nothing tastes good or anything. So you. Just but that's not. But I also got. I also. I also decided to work out during COVID. So it's like. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was. Yeah. I Thank you for take, every day. Yeah. Thanks for taking notice. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I felt, I, I felt I, so cool. Like all these guys were commenting on my Instagram photo. I was like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> no, there weren't any girls sliding, sliding in the DMs. The ladies didn't love it. Come on. No, I mean, I'm. <laughs> but it's hey, like like I said, the only things I do right now are, are pump iron and talk horses. So like, I don't even talk. Like I've probably slid in the maybe four girls DMs in the last six months. And I've been all for four. You don't have time for it. You got to keep your mind on the money, on the sports betting, and your mind on the gin. You know, don't let don't let a girl, don't let a female distract you in that. Exactly. Come I mean, unless she like has winners for me, then like I'll entertain the <laughs> thought. But like, if she doesn't want to sit down on a Saturday night and watch Gulfstream Park and watch college basketball, like I don't want it. <laughs> all our female listeners take notes yeah take notes. Take notes. <laughs> for all our guy listeners out there that are looking to uh you know land a female don't take notes, <laughs> don't take notes. <laughs> the funny thing about like so you had shane on last last week and 
I was uh, up north with him like probably a year ago and like I was telling like describing like my perfect girl and I said like watch the sports likes working out likes golfing and like his dad goes I think you need a dude <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sw- start a uh, switch hitting make yourself happy <laughs> that's, that's amazing that's amazing all right well now that we have uh mitch ross's guide to life i guess uh <laughs> we transition a little bit to talk football here um so the big a lot of football to talk about for a freaking january 20th you know um inauguration day today as well which is uh very exciting um so i i'm sure everyone is taking inauguration day well uh i did tweet out i tweeted out today that uh um there was a guy that passed me with a trump flag flying out of his truck and i was just like man tough day for that guy tough day rough day yeah some guy was rocking two thousand dollar Jordans on the. I saw the that. I was like, awesome. man, this guy has some style. Well, saw that, and then Biden's uh, Biden's daughter was rocking some, uh, I think either Jordans or um, Nikes. You couldn't tell because her pants were kind of hanging over it, but she was she was rocking some nice kicks too. Do you guys think Trump is a gambler? I think he might be a degenerate at some yeah. point. Dude, like, he, he owned a casino. Yeah. He tweeted out during the election, like, all the books have me winning at some point. <laughs> and someone's like, that's someone's awesome. like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I just, I think that's funny as shit to just imagine him, like, scanning the lines on a Friday night <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I mean, you have all that money in the world. Like, I don't, I mean, if I won, like, if I had millions of dollars, I probably wouldn't be as much of a gambler as I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> or would you be 10 times the gambler you are cuz you'd just be like fuck it you're throwing it all on there. Probably. I probably buy yeah. more horses. Probably buy more. <laughs> you would. 100%. 100%. Um all right. So football, back to football. There's a lot of shit going on right now for January. So, uh officially today um, they finalized some things. Uh, so Mike McDonald is the defensive coordinator. Well, co-defensive coordinator, right? Um, or is he like D coordinator and then the other guys, the co D so I don't know how they're, I want to say they're, yeah, I think Mike McDonald's the D coordinator. Um, God, I can't remember. Is it Mo Linquist? Mo Linquist. And then he's the co DC right. and DB's coach. And then that other dude is safety's coach and i can't remember what his fucking name is so i'm a little confused we also kept sean nua we extended sean nua today as well i'm a little confused why we're keeping sean nua who hasn't landed a d tackle in three years but we're letting go of mike zordich who has gotten our corners and defensive backs like into a good spot every single year anybody else confused on that I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and just say that maybe it wasn't his responsibility to recruit D-linemen, but that sounds fucking ridiculous when he's a D-line coach. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I think he's a young guy. It looks like they're trending towards young guys, and maybe they just want to keep him because he's young, and Mm -hmm. maybe he'll have a year. Maybe he'll have a year this year where he recruits really well. Yeah, just goes to show that, obviously, the – 
you know, the thoughts about him inside Shem Beckler are much different than the thoughts outside. So maybe they see something there that we don't see. I have no idea. Must be. Yeah, I, I was looking at, like, the Michigan coaching, like, age difference. Like, the last, like, five years, it's been, like, 46, 47, 45, and now it's, like, 37, 30s. 38. Yeah, and it's yeah. in the 30s. So I think they're tr- they're turning towards young, and they want to connect more with the young recruits. Yeah, I mean, that's totally true, but, like, you can't just have fucking no experience and, like, I don't know. I, I There's something to say for having some juice and some energy and all that shit, um, but still, I think it's – I don't know. I'm I'm just like, all right, you you gotta you can be young and energetic, but you gotta prove it. You have to have some performance out of you. And on the recruiting trail, he hasn't had shit for performance. So I'm sorry, but unless he like, I I haven't seen us put out any offers to um to any even like transfer portal guys on the D line. A lot of guys on transfer portal like that. But like, I already saw Mo Linquist. Like today, just dropped his, like four offers. It is yeah. 24 hours. <laughs> so what's Sean awesome. Newa doing this whole time? Like I, I'm just, a, I'm just a little still confused about it all. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I do like. Do you guys like the whole young thing? The, the fact that Harbaugh is going the young route to, to energize maybe and help rec- on the recruiting trail. I mean, I think we've talked about it before, right? Like we need Michigan to go. Like we want Michigan to kind of. Go young, kind of start, not not like start a new tradition, but we've talked about it. Get all the old heads out of the big house, bring in a younger crowd, bring in some noise. And I, you know, I think this could be kind of stemming it in the right direction, which I'm all for. I am all for it. Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, some younger coaches bring in some energy, which leads to better recruits, right? Because that's ultimately where we're, where we're losing out is getting the really highly rated recruits. So if, I mean, I don't know, it kind of remains to be seen. If it works, then we'll all be like, Oh, he's a genius. If it doesn't work, we'll be like, Jim's an idiot. So whatever, (laughs) which I think we're all at right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's always been about, it's always been about like tradition with Michigan. Like you think about it's like, running out, slapping the banner, wearing the same uniforms every time. But for once in a while, you got to change it up. And I think Harbaugh has, like, saw, like, we got to do something different this time and, like, bring some new energy to the squad. And we got what we got to start doing is bringing those happy meals to the recruits, man, like Tennessee. No, yeah. <laughs> Go Vols, baby. <laughs> those are your Vols. I mean, hey, well, well, I was going to say, remember Eric Gray and Quiveris Crouch or Couch? Those guys are in the transfer portal right now. Aubrey Solomon too. Like, I mean, shit, man. If we can bring those guys back, that would be fucking awesome. Eric yeah. Gray probably wouldn't come because the running RB room stacked. But uh, Quaveras, man, never, can never you, bad to have some depth at linebacker. Is it? Are, are you allowed to, if you are Aubrey Solomon, to transfer to somewhere else and then transfer back? Is that allowed? I don't see why not. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a rule against it. It just doesn't happen which makes sense i mean but yeah. what well, is like, Mich- this guy what's the michigan running back room looking like now because i saw that charbonnet has gone and evans is gone and like yeah what's well, we got i mean haskins i'm assuming is gonna be rb1 yeah blake corum uh, who i love mm-hmm. and I, don't get me wrong i love haskins but i think blake corum should be rb1 and you got uh donovan edwards coming in 
highly rated guy. I think he was the number two yep. running back recruit in the country. And then yep. uh, Tavier Dunlap, who's underrated guy, but looks pretty solid. So, I mean, it'll probably be like, instead of seeing four guys like last year, we'll probably see three guys this year. Um, but hopefully the rotation is a little hopefully bit better with my heart there. Hopefully, hopefully just two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we can't. But the thing is, like, we can't just play Donovan Edwards just because we think he's a hot shot recruit. Like, he's got to earn it. And if he re- earns it over Corum or Haskins, then fucking go with him. Like, sorry, dude. It's just, yeah. it's got to be how it goes. I'm sick of it. And I wonder how much of the, uh, how much of the whole four man rotation was Gaddis versus, uh, versus, um, Jay Harbaugh. I mean, but who do you think is calling the plays? You know. He's the one asking for the personnel. In my opinion, that's what I assume. It's I, agree. Gattis. I agree. Because I think people shit on Jay Harbaugh, but it's like, I think Jay Harbaugh did his job in getting four running backs up to the level of playing level, right? Yeah. Playing, getting playing time. But then Josh Gaddis has to be able to say, you know what? These, all, these guys are all good, but these two are a little bit better, and we're yeah. going to run with these two. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. I am kind of pissed that Charbonnet transferred. Like I'm pissed at, not at him. I'm pissed at Michigan for screwing it up so bad. Cause I think Charbonnet is very, very good. In my opinion, I think we said it on Twitter. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it in the past, but like, dude, you put him behind a solid offensive line and run off tackle and run it like Michigan state back with Le'Veon Bell or Wisconsin with Jonathan Taylor. Like, Dude, there's he's running for 150 plus yards a game. I I don't see any way around that because he does run hard. He's great seeing the hole. Uh, I think he Haskins runs a little bit harder than he does than Charbonnet does, but I think Charbonnet still had like that more physicality. Um, and then the other thing about Charbonnet that people aren't talking about, he was the best pass blocker I've ever seen. He was <laughs> so good at pass blocking, and so. When when Joe Milton or J.J. McCarthy or Cade McNamara gets blown up because Blake Corum is five foot eight, <laughs> you know, I think people are going to be like, well, shit, now what do we do? You know, it's it's something that is being I, I think people are like, ah, oh, Charbonnet, it's whatever. We've got more we've got more running backs in the running back room, but I think we're going to miss them more than people think. Well, here here's my stance. I'm. I'm with you. I like Charbonnet. I would have liked to see him play more last year. And, and something you didn't mention, he's he's not slow. I mean, he's got a little bit of wheels to him. He was probably one of the – I think Corum was probably the fastest back, but I think Charbonnet was right behind him. He was right there. Um, I think no matter what, one of those four guys would have transferred out. It would have been either Haskins or Charbonnet. Um, Corum probably would have stuck around. It probably would have been Haskins or Charbonnet. But, uh, but yeah, great pass blocker. He definitely should have been, I think, started the year as the number one guy. But shit, man, I don't know. It's, he, he's definitely going to be missed. He's definitely going to be missed, and he's. He, I 100% agree with you. He's going to go somewhere, and he's going to produce, and Michigan fans are going to be like, God damn it. But also, we do have a stacked running back room, and you know it'll, it'll be made up for. That's what I think. I think we will miss him, but I it'll agree. be made up for through other I players. Agree. Yeah, I think – that's true. As long as we actually settle into the fact that you can't run the system with, you know, all these running backs. Right. You, you got to have, have a one and two. Yeah. You got to leave it pick at that. two. 
You know, this is this is like going to freaking Panera Bread. Pick two. You can't pick five. Okay. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Might get that for lunch tomorrow. Yeah, I see. I I see Charbonnet playing at the next level eventually, and I don't think like he goes to like he drops off and goes to like a max school. I think he's good enough to play at like any D one level. And I, I I don't see him like going somewhere small either. Oh yeah, I think he's going D one for sure. I'm curious if he'll go back to um back home to Cali, like maybe mm-hmm. hit up USC, Stanford. I don't know. UCLA. UCLA. You would kill it at Stanford or something. Arizona State, yeah, that'd be a good one too. Or Arizona and Arizona. Jed Fish. Jed Fish, yeah. Yeah. That would Utah make sense. Even would be make sense. Yeah. True. Yeah. Utah does. I mean, this is sad. As, as much R- as people R-I-P shit on the shit on the Pac-12, there's so many teams there that are like, just I feel like they're just a step away from you know the Pac-12 being really good. Yeah. Because Utah's been very good. Um, Oregon, Cal, not so much. Oregon, USC, Washington. Washington, yep. Stanford. I mean, they're all they've all been there. They're all close enough to kind of like getting back and like having Pac-12 be a powerhouse again. Um, so I mean, he I could. Like they almost just like they beat up on each other, so yeah. a little bit. So it hurts them in the long run because they don't. Everyone thinks they're shit because there's no Alabama or Clemson who goes 12 and 0 every year, yeah. right? Well, so, and, and we're going to see something with Washington next year at playing Michigan. I mean, we'll see kind of how they compare to the Big Ten in, in that game. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll just be – so it'll be interesting to see. What do you guys want to see from these coaches now, like right away? Obviously, we've seen uh, Mo Linquist, Lundquist, Linquist. I think Linquist. Linquist. It's weird not having a familiar name. I don't know about you guys, but like – it's weird, but I kind of like it. I, I kind of like it, too, because the expectations aren't there a little bit. So that's like they also I think what Harbaugh is doing, too, is like I've got guys that are out here trying to prove some shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Will Muschamp, was he going to come in and like his career doesn't live or die on this season? Right. Because he can like if he doesn't do well at Michigan, he can get a D coordinator job somewhere else. And Derek Mason, probably the same way. But. The guys that he's getting, it's like they are, they're either, you know, taking the next step or they're probably out because they don't have the name to and the experience to, to back up on. Yeah, this is, I, I think this is definitely a, and, and what I, I'd, I'd be totally okay with this. I think this is a stepping stone position for these guys. They're coming to Michigan to take the next step and move on. And we've seen that with Alabama a lot, and they've done very, very well with that. And I am totally okay with that. If Michigan can become the Alabama of the North, where it's like the coaches rehab program, where guys come back that have been good and they go back to being a coordinator and then they go find another job. As long as Michigan can cycle through that, I'm all for it. And if you can find young studs that can, you know, succeed and then move on, as long as you can keep it moving, that's that'd be amazing. And, and to answer your question with what can these what can these guys do? I mean, something they can control right away is just bring energy. I mean, you don't that that comes straight from you. You don't have to worry about your players or anything like that. Just bring energy every day and, you know, work your ass off. And, you know, hopefully we see Michigan kind of go in the right direction in the fall. Yeah, I think I unfortunately, I think it's a little bit like apples to oranges there a little bit because like Alabama, I think you can bring in a competent OC or something with a bunch of five stars and run an offense. But with Michigan, there's a lot 
deeper competition there, right? I mean, you got to play against Penn State, you got to play against Ohio State, Michigan State. So you need to get like more creative, and there's more going on there, in my opinion. Well, that, so, that's where I like I, I'm with you, but I mean, you see guys like Steve Sarkeesian, he left and came back to Alabama, right? Like. There's there's proven guys that go back to Alabama. That's the thing that I like is like they have guys that didn't succeed as a head coach, so they go back to be an OC. It's like the Patriots, do really well. Dude. Yeah, hundred percent. I guarantee you, Matt Patricia is going to be back at D coordinator there next year or the year following. Honestly, could be, could be yeah. right. Well, and that's where you know Saban's got his whole you know scheme down and everything, so he can bring in like I'm saying like a competent person to run his team. Versus a more like, desirable job at Alabama. Yeah, That's like Jim can't just like bring in some OC who's like definitely knows football to run Michigan. It's not going to work. Like it, it's the same principle as the Lions bringing in Patricia, right? Oh, he was good over here, so he'll be good for us. And it's like, no, not true. So um, I, I think Michigan needs to be more creative. And I think having those young guys on the sidelines could be – kind of the key yeah i see like michigan and the lions right now in the same like position like they're bringing in new like unproven guys but like they're all hungry to succeed and like i think you gotta take a risk on like the hunger once in a while compared to the oh yeah the person that was set in stone like because like like patricia like he was the coordinator like they're they were set in the patriot way and everything and with uh Harbaugh, like all the old guys that are set in their ways, but bringing in new young, like flesh, like I think it's going to be a big improvement to the squad. I also think the other thing that was happening a lot with Don Brown and, and even like back to Pep Hamilton and some of these other guys is like Jim, Jim and Don were like good friends, right? That's his boy. So I think now it's like Jim realizes it's, if you don't do it, Lundquist and Mike McDonald, like, then it's my fucking head that's coming, right? Like, they're coming from my head. So he, I don't think he's going to hold back in any terms of, like, it's okay, buddy, we'll get him next time, which it kind of seemed like him and Don Brown had that. Like, he had so much trust in Don Brown, and he was like, yeah, you've proven it. So, like, what do we what do we got to do to just get over that hump? Well, now it's going to be like, get it done or you're out of here, right, type of thing. And I, I think that – I love that take. Yeah. I love that take. Yeah, yeah like it. it's a lot easier to manage people when you're not buddies with them. And 100%. it's like, if you're not doing your job, get the fuck out. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't thought about that, but I really, I love that. I love that. Harbaugh did like a coaching clinic for like Michigan high school. And then like one of his like key things is like not being afraid to coach or don't let like outside like factors play in my coaching decision. Like just coach the team and like, don't worry about my job. That's like, I think that's going to change this year compared to the last couple of years. Yeah, I hope so. I love it. What did you guys think of uh, Ambry Thomas? I mean, on the same note as Don Brown, Ambry Thomas said like he thought that Lem letting Don Brown go was kind of like a scapegoat. And he thought Don Brown was still a great coach and blah, blah, blah. Do you think that Ambry had like maybe some inside knowledge on things we don't know? Or do you think he's just defending his old coach? I think 100% he had some knowledge. I mean, he definitely knows a hell of a lot more than we do because he's he's probably talking to players and whatnot. And honestly, look back at Don Brown's, you know, season rankings as far as his defenses go. They're always top 10. 
but unfortunately at Michigan, if you get blown out by Ohio State, you know, you're not going to be the head coach or not the um, D coordinator. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I think he definitely was used as a scapegoat, but he probably should have been let go a year ago. They probably held on a little bit longer than they should have. I, I think that Don Brown's a very likable dude, right? 100%. So he probably has great relationships with his guys, and he does. it's not like he doesn't know how to coach. Like He's a smart dude. He knows how to coach. He succeeded at, the, at you know, one of the highest levels out there. So mm-hmm. I, I think that there were just some things that you, you simply – you said it, Jack. Like, you could be the greatest coach against – even if Michigan went 11-1 – every year, but then got blown out by Ohio state and gave up 60. You're still going to get fired, even though you're an unbelievable D coordinator, every single other game. Like that's just, it's just how it goes, man. It's the one standard. It's the one benchmark. So I think that he probably is like, it's probably a little bit of both. He's defending his guy because Don Brown has a great relationship with him. And he was like, Don Brown's the the grandpa type, like, you know, hugging you arm around you type of guy. He probably did, had a ton to do with getting Ambry, you know, ready for the NFL and things like that. But then also, like, sorry, dude, it's just it's just how it goes. If you if you don't perform against your rival and the top opponents, then at Michigan, it's just it's how it goes. Yeah, I think with like all of like Michigan's defenses, like they're always ranked high and everything, and like they always took advantage of the teams that weren't as talented as talented as. A, as them or like as aggressive, but once you like you met a team that could match their intensity or with their size or talent, and then like that's where it got a little like a little out of hand with like compared to Ohio State. Like Ohio State just demolished them. Yeah, I I think it's just this tough thing where like am I expecting Mike McDonald to come in and hold uh, Ohio State to like 14 points? No. But I think you just have to hold it to something reasonable so that, I mean, they've scored against Ohio State the last couple of years. They've scored in the 30s. So, like, in the 30s, you need to be be respectable. You need to keep it within 14 if your offense is scoring in the 30s, right? So, um, I mean, but then again, I watched the the Indiana-Ohio State game this year, and it was like a fucking shootout. And that's almost like – People are like, well, you're not going to beat Ohio State in a shootout. How else do you beat them other than just right. trying to score more points? Because Northwestern actually played great defense against them in the Big Ten Championship, and but they can't outscore them, so it doesn't matter, right? Like, I, I don't. There's no formula to beat Ohio State at this point, <laughs> unless you're Alabama. <laughs> and I think I think that's the I think that's the biggest. Uh the biggest hope that Michigan fans have right now is Justin Fields is gone. I mean, obviously they've got a QB waiting and he's probably going to be another fucking stud, but you're right, Justin. I mean, they've got a, the only way to beat Ohio state is in a shootout. And I think if McDonald can hold Ohio state, I mean, if he can hold them to the high thirties, that is a huge success, huge success. I mean, it's still, that's still a lot of fucking points scored, but that is, I mean, that's, that would be – I would be happy with that. I mean, let's be honest. When you're scoring 62, you're yeah. scoring – That's Every fucking time you get the ball. Literally every time you get the ball. That's nine touchdowns, right? Nine times seven is 63. Nine times seven is – yeah. Six, yeah. 
Nine fucking <laughs> touchdowns, dude. That's a lot of fucking touchdowns. Yeah. That I wow. mean, how many possessions do you get in a football game? Like, that's the thing. They score so quickly. They score on these big plays that that's how they that's how they operate. Which, if you want to beat them, you got to throw the fucking ball downfield sometimes, right? Yeah. So it's just how it goes. So, um. All right. I on on that note, I we I on January twentieth, I shouldn't be getting fired up about it. <laughs> I know. I was like, State, <laughs> but uh, you got twelve months is, to go. <laughs> this is the life of a Michigan fan. So uh, that's where we'll wrap it up. Mitch, thank you so much for for joining us today, giving us a little you know just life advice on on what to focus your life on. Girls aren't the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, focus on on the weight room. Focus on the ponies and, and gambling and basketball and sports. Um, so you already gave us your Twitter once. Where else can we follow you? You can give it to us again if you want. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Michiro99. And I just launched a TikTok sports gambling Ooh. page. Oh. It's called, the, it's called at one, one Minute Mitch. It's just for fun. But I can try to teach you guys how to make bets and create value through your plays because I think a lot of people online like don't give out good picks and everything and because they can give you a coin flip because anything one tens of coin flip so i think i can try to teach people how to create value with their bets but i do have a bet this week it's the golf bet take t- tony fino to win he's gonna win this week all right i think that's huge that that tiktok page i mean with with bet sports betting online coming to michigan mm-hmm. you know launching that that's a good time to do it let's get this thing yeah. rolling let's blow it up 25 followers right now and have <laughs> all my friends comment on them and just make fun of it but i'm trying to launch it so but no i really appreciate you guys having me on it was fun to talk about my life a little bit <laughs> oh yeah i'll be looking on twitter for those uh sports uh sports bets advice i'll 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 take the uh, can't lose parlay from mitchy Rowe. yeah i got you i got you <laughs> love it love it and and we'll always bet on your horses whenever they're racing too so oh yeah i'll make sure to let you guys know uh they're both in florida one should be running next week and then the one that i have more value or more percentage ownership in is running probably next month amazing amazing i love it so i might go buy a couple horses my from fucking kmart that's what i'll go get might drink can. drink 15 beers this uh this weekend and buy a fucking horse who knows <laughs> well if you hit if you win so much money in gambling you probably could this week so there you go there you go yeah, bonus if you follow money. if you follow at mitchy row 99 he'll win you enough money to buy a horse that was the guarantee <laughs> i just heard <laughs> all right sure. i got you no thanks guys Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, you can follow us at Blue by 90 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Blue by 90 Podcast on YouTube as well. And we will see you all later this week or next week. Go, Go Blue. Blue. Go Blue.